0: I'm just letting you know that I'm making moves and I don't need any judgment at all whatsoever from Dry Spell and Whiskey Dick, okay?
1: You know, I was actually thinking about that the other day. <laughs> I was laying in bed and I was like, I really just need to nut up or shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose (laughs) of
1: fish.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gents, to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast. We're streaming live and in color for our YouTube channel for all of our Patreon supporters. Our guest today is Adam B. They are a sacred, intimate, desire, and intimacy coach helping you deepen the relationship with your desires, body, and pleasure. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co-host, starting with the first one.
1: Hey, y'all, Nick or
2: Trish. And Jay bear a.k.a. your boyfriend's boyfriend.
0: And welcome you all to this week's Dish. Now, very quickly, we didn't do a show last week, right? That's why it feels like we haven't been on the air in forever. And I'm like, um... feels odd. It does. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I can't remember what we did last week. Well, that let me just because- stop
1: you. Are you recording? Are we on air? We're okay.
0: recording. We're on <laughs> air. We're live. We're doing all of the good stuff. Um oh, because well. there's not much that needs to happen an hour. A day. <laughs> so um, you know, uh just so that you know we've been making some changes. So the only live um, version of the show that you'll get is um, on YouTube for our Patreon supporters the day of recording the show. So um, the audio live stream is gone. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, we, listen, we have to cut costs and sort of kind of figure out, you know, pivot and do things to continue to produce the show. So that's gone. Um, there'll be some changes on our website to reflect those um, those new changes, obviously. And um, But yeah. That's pretty much it So how are you boys? Why don't we start with you Jaybird How the hell are you? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever
2: Fantasticals
0: Oh I haven't heard
2: that in a while <laughs> So no, we're good, we're good um, Let's see last week Well Monday we were off The holiday right? That's right It was a long weekend Um, Just been chill Just hanging out Kind of relaxing Trying to plan out a vacation Before the year's up
3: mm.
0: Oh girl I just because- got my passport too <laughs> Oh she's gonna be dangerous so um you know i haven't left the country since the last trip i ever took was a tour of south america i went out and um went to venezuela colombia is that when you broke your butt i did yeah that was exactly when i broke my butt a long time ago no but he
1: really broke his butt butt i did
0: Butt butt gate yeah pretty much um, and so I haven't traveled since, I mean, I have traveled, but not outside of the either continental U S Puerto Rico or some territory that belongs to the U S. Right. Yeah. I haven't gone international in a while. So, you know, I, my 50th is going to come up before you know it. And I have Next a goal. Year, you nasty. I me. still got a couple of years. Oh my God mute her see this is why you have a dry spell (laughs) no
1: no my dry spell is my own fault
0: so um so the thing is you know i said you know what for my 50th i think i'm going to i'm gonna do something big and so i've been having conversations with both of these guys and uh a few of our other close friends and i'm like you know what i want to go to bora bora But it's like three and four thousand dollars per person to just get down there and do what you got to do. So, you know, I'm just letting you know ahead of time you got about five years to save up and and do it right. Yeah, let's go party.
1: Who wants to sponsor the trip,
0: (laughs) Dr. G? (laughs)
1: Um,
0: you got five years to save up for that. No, uh, I'm just saying. So, so I got my passport and my passport card, and so now I can go places so i think my first little like getaway is going to be canada i want to i'm going to pull a chris a captain moose knuckle and (laughs) head north and i i want to go i don't know really even with a
1: vela oh well i guess puerto rico you don't need a passport no you don't no you don't What? racist
0: no (laughs) yeah clearly you are um
2: she was like how did you go to puerto rico without a passport they allowed you in
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a native. Well, sort of, kind of. My parents are. I just pretend I am. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I, I want to go. Uh, I think I want to go to um, not Quebec. What's the other city there? Uh, Montreal, which is not. It's only a six hour drive from here. So
2: but, it's got to be more than that.
0: No, yeah, you go right through Vermont all the way up across the, the border and. You're literally Montreal's like an hour and a half away from the border.
2: I thought it was more like eight,
0: but I, could be I mean, it could be the way I drive. It might be ten because you know I stop and at all the rest stops and you know yeah, scope it out and see what's going on.
2: Yeah, check where the glory holes are at. Exactly. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. Nope.
0: Okay. Who's from any there's of you. Any
2: judgments coming this way? Okay. I'm just saying. I'm making
0: moves. <laughs> I
2: can do it Making moves, <laughs> Making moves and checking glory holes. But anyway, we didn't finish <laughs> <laughs> talking about you. No, no it's, it's low-key. Just, uh, you know, same old, same old. Hang out with the family and, and spend time with, with my mom. And that's about it. You know, it's just been same old, same old, unfortunately, all summer. Besides the one camping trip, I really haven't done much this summer. That's why I'm looking. Did, at Wait, didn't you I'm go
0: away time. to like the the camping thing?
2: Yeah, we I did
0: the, like uh, yeah, twice we, this year.
1: No, we no, talked once. about that, but didn't you do like some like mud driving thing? Oh like, no,
2: that was that was an old that, <laughs> was, an oh, old, that was an old video. Yeah, I was an
0: old like, video. who is this
2: bitch? <laughs> That's oh, when I was off roading. It's just yeah. stuff that pops up and I He uh,
0: can get very butch yeah. at times. Yeah, I know.
2: Be like Hurr.
0: And how are you, Trish? <laughs> What's going on with you? How's uh, life? Besides life. being dry, how's life treating you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like sandpaper down there. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> it's rough.
1: Um, no, things are good. Um just really busy with The Pride Center and work right now. Um, We're planning Pride, which is next weekend. It's next Saturday. Um, And we've got a bunch of stuff going on, and we're going to announce well, it sort of already is announced that we have a new executive director, which is great. Nice. Um, But it's been a lot. I literally feel like I have work meetings all day and then. Every other day or so, I have something with the center going
0: on, so. Right. And the center's a, a really busy apparatus, right? I mean, you're talking about um, a, a small center located in the center of New Haven, in the heart of New Haven, that provides services, you know, for a lot of, you know, important um, activities that, that benefits youth and members of our community. Mm-hmm. So, I I could see why there would be a lot going on all the time. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: been crazy. So we're currently looking at a new space, too. So it's like,
0: uh Really? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That would be nice. Well, hopefully uh, uh, something a little bit more.
1: Yeah, no. And ups, I was, elevated. Yeah, the oh, thing is, like, I. Out of a dungeon? I won't approve. <laughs> I'm such a dick. I won't approve the move unless we have funding. And right. a plan for funding for the space <gasps> moving forward. Right. Um. So I've been on the phone with, like looney's office and a whole bunch of other people. And I've been working with the executive director to try to like secure the funding. And it's just like, well, I mean, it's like you have the conversation you just have
0: to sit and wait and wait and wait. Right. But you know, the other thing is too, is like, you know, the pride center has been in that location for a very long time. Um, And there's a lot of changes happening in that, in that area where, like, they're shutting streets down now. So it's more walkable, more Mm -hmm. um, pedestrian-friendly. They're doing more activities. And I think it would benefit to, like, have a conversation with Nine Square and say, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We have. So Just because there's so many different venues. There's so many spaces there. There
1: there is a lot of support behind the move. The issue is it is a significant rent jump, even though we are getting a very a generous discount because we're a nonprofit and a service organization. But at the same time, we can't, I won't allow me and the other co-president have discussed at length that we won't allow the center to put itself in a situation again where it doesn't have the funds to pay payroll
0: right and it, it's it that and that's important so whatever decisions you all make i'm sure that it will be well thought out and the space is going to be a great and amazing and yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to hear that. It should be great. Yeah. Awesome. Knock on wood, right? Knock on wood. All right. So um as you know, I inter- I, I did say earlier today that, you know, we do have Wait, a what guest. about
1: you, Tom? What did you do? How are you? What's going on with oh, no, you? I'm, I'm
0: doing well. I was I was gonna go into that. Um we do have a guest coming on. Actually today, no so. one
1: cares. Let's move on. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: See? So um I I, I am doing well. I've been working my butt off, doing a lot of different things. Shit's happening at a rapid pace. Got my passport. I said that already. So she's making plans, making moves. And um, all is well in the land of us. But I wanted to talk about a couple of things, um, you know, before um, we go to break and also bring our guest in today, uh, who I'm excited um, to have on the show, by the way. Um... This past Monday was the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th uh, attacks um, in New York City, Washington, D.C., and obviously the plane crash that occurred in Pennsylvania. Um, and literally, it was a day that that the world stood still, and I just wanted to take a moment and um, acknowledge that that happened, and I'm in awe and shock and um a bit in disbelief that it's been 22, 22 years, years and it still feels like it was yesterday. Do you remember where you were when, yeah. when September 11th <gasps> yeah, happened? I do you want to share or no.
1: I was getting off the bus.
0: The struggle bus.
1: No. In middle school, seventh grade.
0: Oh, wow. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, my the
0: cheese bus, fr-
1: my friend, John, he
0: was on the cheese bus.
1: She was, my friend, John was like, America's under attack. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? America's under attack. And then we get to the class, and um, we obviously all left school early that day, but they had TVs on in every single classroom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's insane. I, and literally, it was a day that the world stood still <clears throat> because we that were that all fun? like in disbelief
1: that America was
0: that that was happening, vulnerable. that it was for the first time in, in, decades that something you know for the first time since the civil war something happened on u.s soil Right? i mean we've had uh, how would i say uh, domestic terrorist attacks like timothy mcveigh and no, the oklahoma civil or
1: revolutionary which one was the it doesn't matter anyway
0: civil um, one of those which one um was the one that lincoln said yeah civil war
2: yeah, it was the Civil don't War? Don't ask me. I'm not great with history. It was the Civil War. It was
0: the war between the North and the South to free the slaves, and you know, and it was the Civil War. It, it literally, it was the first time.
1: That is correct. You are, you are correct. Um, She's correct. on point today.
0: So, you know, the, the thing is, um, you know, I remember vividly where I was. I was, totally. I was working for Beauty Systems Group at the time. It was a, a chain of stores that provided professional beauty supply products to salons exclusively to licensed professionals. And I remember also that that was the day that Mariah Carey was releasing her, um, rainbow album. No, it was, which one was the one that she did a movie for, um, glitter, glitter, Glitter. her glitter album. She was releasing her glitter without a beat glitter, glitter. Right. (laughs) Um, and I remember thinking I'm like, oh my god, I'm excited when I get out of work, I'm gonna go to the radio store, I'm gonna pick up the glitter album. I was such a huge fan of Mariah and I was like super excited and then the movie was releasing and then before you know it, I was just like, Oh my god, what the fuck is happening? Right. It's like all of the, I, I wasn't a manager at the time, uh, but all of our managers were in a meeting. And we didn't know what to do. We were like, "Oh my gosh, should we close the store?" Like, you know, there's a nuclear power plant 30 miles north of us in Connecticut, and you know what's going to happen. And and it was like, I can still feel the feeling that I had watching this live, and then I kept seeing replays of of the plane hitting the twin tower, mm-hmm. the first one, the North Tower, and. And then all of a sudden, it's like I'm watching a replay, and I thought that they were showing a side by side of the tower being hit and the tower, the tower already hit, and then the tower being hit. Like they were just showing instant yeah. replay side by side, not realizing that what I just witnessed on live TV was the second tower being hit. It was insane.
2: Yeah,
0: I was beside myself, and when I realized that, oh no, that's not the same tower; it's the other one. You know, what about you
2: that that that's a lot of baggage for me, actually, so being that I was raised in Brooklyn, mm. um, so I had a lot of ties uh, the people that I knew that actually perished mm. in the in the towers people I grew up with in the neighborhood, a couple of people I went to school with that were never found, uh, so that were <clears throat> you had that. Um, I was already living in Connecticut. When, when this occurred, I had actually just started a new job at a, at a high school as a teacher's aide
3: right.
2: uh, at the time. And I was working, uh, my, the teacher that I was working with coincidentally was also one of my teachers when I was in high school in New York <clears throat> and his wife was traveling that day out of JFK. Wow. So, uh, there was a lot tied in my brother worked at a building across the street from the world trade center, which, you know, again, another, <laughs> another factor, uh, you know, and then my other brothers all live in Brooklyn right across the bridge. So, uh, one, the attack happening in Manhattan so close to home for us. Right. Um, so I had quite a few things that, that, that kind of multiplied, uh, that day for me is and again the misses at the time as well you know my wife all her family lives in new york city right so uh, it was it was uh definitely a day i i i wouldn't forget right um <clears throat> you know same thing tvs all over the school everybody's watching the news uh i forgot uh, one of my girls was in college i think it was debbie at the time She was a Southern, so I left. I left the school to drive up to Southern to pick her up. Like every, I mean, and traffic was horrendous. Everybody was just. It took an hour and a half to drive from Bridgeport to New Haven, right? Um, Just because everybody was like, "We're going home." Like, everybody was picking up loved ones and making sure people were good. But it was it was the very chaotic couple of days in, in my household. Right. Um, it was insane. Um, I also had, uh, an aunt, an adoptive aunt that I uh, used to work at the trade center as an electrician. And, um, she had, she had, um, just started a new job, which I wasn't aware of, but I knew she was an electrician at one world trade center. Um, but she was at the towers the day before doing some work oh wow you know it's like one thing and on you're like oh my god so and so and my brother is across the street and my brother was trapped in in the building where he was working at for three days um and he worked for the kitchen uh at the property uh with the uh, companies like the company we have working for us so they basically survive for a couple of days on the <laughs> food in the kitchen, um, but you know with no electrical working or anything everything started spoiling after a few days and um he trekked at home i think it took him like four hours to get home
0: that's insane i mean i remember watching um i was watching live feeds of people crossing the brooklyn bridge and crossing the the manhattan bridge and and like literally getting out of Uh, of that whole situation it was just insane
2: yeah new york Um, city stopped all the trains and a lot of the trains that were stopped were stopped in between tracks so they were in the tunnels for hours Um,
0: and if y'all never been to new york city (laughs) let me tell you the shit show that it is the heat that is
2: in those tunnels in those tunnels like you
0: sweat balls yeah, in it, those tunnels if
2: it's 100 degrees outside it's 150 in those tunnels it's, it's insane oh, it's so bad like yeah. you
0: sweat it's horrible <laughs> I mean, absolutely i might
2: horrible. be exaggerating on the temps but yeah you don't want to get stuck especially in between stations because there's no way out you're stuck until mm-hmm. they move those trains right so it, it, it can get a little crazy yeah. but I, I remember some people forcing the doors open and and, and uh you know i was talking with friends People were forcing doors open to the trains and walking to the next station just to get out of the, the right. subway. But.
0: It's insane because, you know, as Oops. soon as everything happened, right? By the time the third flight crashed in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, the FAA had ordered in all an entire, like the entire U.S. airspace, all airplanes were instructed to land at the nearest airport. No no that 's wrong. no, no, I was just watching on Monday um, so I they remi-
1: literally turned planes away. There were planes that were coming into co- coming from places in America to other airports and literally made them go to Canada and made them go to mexico
0: so wh- what ended up happening was that yeah, those local low local, local planes that local were flying, planes. there were thousands and thousands of planes. I was watching the documentary on Monday. And it was literally, they were showing the the entire grid, showing all the planes all over the U.S. And then remembering, giving the order, please tell all the planes. I'm ordering you to tell all the planes to land at the nearest airport. And you can see the planes just disappearing from the map. And within minutes, you went from thousands and thousands of planes to absolutely nothing but just one. And that was the flight that ended up crashing in... Um, in Pennsylvania the that was heading for uh, Washington DC it was insane I was just like oh my god and I'm watching this back and I'm like and listening to the recordings it was just so it was very triggering for me I, I remember feeling a sense of despair watching this and I'm like why am I subjecting myself to this I've done this year after year like you know it's like each time it just doesn't get any easier and you know and and, and you know and and we've gotten into the rhythm of of a sense of like false security again because it's been 22 years and we're thinking to ourselves this kind of shit doesn't mm-hmm. cannot happen again but we have to you know we have to think about the possibility that it can
1: well it's it's funny because um well two two things right so speaking of the airplane thing um landing uh the we the first show of our season has come from away and now the show is a musical based on 9 but they really well it's based on 912, not 911. The day after. The day after. So, all of these plans that were rooted, routed to Canada um, were forced to land, and they were landing in these small towns where there was no accommodation. There was. N- in- there was nothing to like support all of these people coming off these planes. So all of the individuals that lived in these small Canadian towns took them in. And this it's, it's, it's literally the story about like how communities come together and support one another. Right. Um, so it's a really beautiful story. I'm really excited to see it. I haven't, I've never seen it. I've heard amazing things, but on that same note where you were talking about how we're kind of getting complacent, Mm -hmm. um, some chinese political group i sent you guys the image
2: yeah
1: um put out a political cartoon about 911 on 911 right and basically what you see in it is a cross-eyed statue of liberty and it says she's holding a thing that says 22 years after 911 and then in the background you see the shadow surrounding what is the buildings that have already collapsed, which is surrounded by bullets, surrounded by um, uh, what are the, the
2: Molotov cocktails? Yep,
1: and all this stuff, and it's like almost like it's depicting the fall of America. Like we're not acknowledging the fact that while this happened and it was a huge tragedy, right? The amount of gun violence and violence in America in general. Mm-hmm
0: and political discourse which is further perpetuating you
1: There's know
0: the, the Im- divide
1: the amount of people that die have died from gun violence since 911 mm-hmm. in this country because our country can't stand up and actually like make change
0: has surpassed the amount of people that died in the towers
1: right yeah every day is a tragedy in right. america right now
0: not to mention all the children that you know we've lost i mean think about sandy hook think about you know you know, all of these tragedies that have occurred in schools, you know, Marjorie Stoneman High School, I believe, in Florida and all of these other like, you know, VTech and, you know, the most recent attempted, you know, shooting in, in one of the schools in in, in in the South. It's just crazy that, you know, this is this is the world that we live in. Right. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> that took us down a rabbit hole <laughs> and, um, you know, just. I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that you know th- this happened, and we have to, in in, a, in some weird way, shape, or form, hold court and remembrance to to what has happened, um, so that we never forget. Absolutely. So that said, um, I have two more mentions. Uh, The first of which is um, Waffle House Kim, our favorite person. (laughs) Um, She might have to actually pay damages to the gay couple that she refused marriages licenses to um, during her tenure as the um, Kentucky um, clerk for whatever county that was. But anyway, a federal jury. Rowan County. Rowan County. Thank you. Is deliberating whether Kim Davis, the former Kentucky County clerk who served five days in jail for her refusal to issue a marriage license to same-sex couples, should pay damages to the two couples. The couple, David Ermold and David Moore and James Yates and William Smith, sued Davis after she repeatedly refused to issue them marriage licenses as a clerk in Rowan County beginning in 2015. the four men are seeking punitive and compensatory damages my god i'm saying these words but also like who am i what the fuck you know
1: it's been so long
0: it's well remember marriage equality became a thing in 2015 right that's when the supreme court or, um, you know originally yeah, affirmed yes. marriage equality in in all of the 50 us states and territories And we are now in 2023. It's been eight years, right? I'm done hearing about this bitch. Yeah. Like, get her out of our
1: fucking news, make her pay. I'm done.
0: Yeah, make her pay a lot. Like, I hope she has to pay a lot.
1: Yeah, and that bitch is buying them a cake.
0: Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, So so, so that makes me happy that, you know, they're holding her accountable. And then the last thing I wanted to say before we go on break is, thank you, Jay, for sending us a video of Lauren Bulbird being escorted out of the Beetlejuice musical in Denver, Colorado, caused, because she caused a disturbance. She was on her phone. She was singing, evidently. So,
2: yeah probably singing and I think somebody even said vaping, I don't know. And they How literally
0: escort, escorted her out of the her venue. And her, her and her
2: husband got walked yeah, out.
0: Yeah, they got walked out. And it was just absolutely amazing uh, to see. That itch.
2: But yeah, and Nick, you would know, I mean, doing off-Broadway shows and... and, and
0: they're not huh? off-Broadway, like um, but, his shows are uh, fabulous. Uh,
2: fabulous, but you know what I they're mean. They're the
0: Schubert, they're the they're, original they're Broadway. Off,
2: they're off-Broadway, they're not on Broadway. <laughs> no, they're Broadway tours. <laughs> they Yeah, Broadway yeah. tours. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, You know, how, how would you, you know, how annoying, yeah.
0: I just want to say that some of the shows that ended up on Broadway were teched at the Schubert Theater before they ever got to Broadway. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm defending my bitch over here. It's
2: 108 years old. You you know exactly how annoying that is, that that, that you're trying to do a performance and you got some... Oh, a- she better. She better the-
0: pray that she don't end up going to a Patty LuPone show.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be bad.
0: That would be bad for her, and it would. Patty LuPone me. would have
1: stopped the show. Yeah. She
0: would have threw the literally grabbed <laughs> the phone and threw it at her. Seriously, she's <laughs> yeah. she's literally like yelled at people like Patty no, LuPone on play.
1: But the thing is, it's like when you do something like that. If she was in fact vaping, phone aside. Like there are people in the audience that may be allergic to it. Mm-hmm. Like you never right. know. Like you have to, when you go see a show, you have to see it in community and be respectful of everyone in the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the
0: whole purpose of the space, that, right? Yeah. Is to to commune and watch something that 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 transports you to another another place and another, the theater
2: was a huge venue like on the oh, video you can see the, the amount of people that are you didn't running. see the video i watched it yeah
0: okay I, I was so happy watching her like finger around and yeah. like waving her hand up in the I air yelling they, at the guy i
2: love how they put all the footage of all the video every cameras, single angle every single is angle is she got caught at walking out
0: I'll try to see if I can find a video. We'll post it on tonight's post. How's that? All right. Well, listen, I don't want to be disrespectful. We do have a guest coming on the show. We do have to go to break. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, just take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we have our guest, Adam B. Coming. We'll be right back. All right. Well, ladies and gents, welcome back from the break. Uh, Joining us now, of course, is our guest, Adam B. Uh, They are a sacred, intimate desire and intimacy coach helping you depend on... Oh, God, I screwed that up. God, I hate when I do that. Let's try that again. Uh, So anyway, they are (laughs) a sacred, intimate desire and intimacy coach helping you depend... Deepen Deepen the relationship with your desire, body, and pleasure. And I'm going to bring them into the live stream. Um, I am just warning you all. We had a couple of shots while we were off screen. So having a little break. I had two. And uh, and joining us now, of course, is (laughs) Adam. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm in the wrong space here. Oh, you (laughs) are not in the wrong
0: space. Not at all. Not at all.
2: Technically, yes they they wanted they wanted you in in house but you know it was yeah. short notice right. yeah i th-
0: there yeah, was a I sense m- of, i missed
3: the shots <laughs> yeah
0: i i there was a sense of disappointment because i said to jay i said he should totally come into studio he's only in new york and then jay said no it's it's gonna be online i was like oh okay <laughs> but that's okay we'll live so adam how are you
3: well it's good to be here thanks for the invite
0: so adam before we get started i just want to take a moment to introduce everyone here on the table um so that way um you can familiarize yourself with who's who uh so why don't we start with you
1: hi i'm nick or trish um the token white gay at the table (laughs) and
0: of course jay do you know him i know jay And my name is Tom, um, and I host the show with these two crazy people. So thank you uh, for taking time out of your um, what I'm sure is a beautiful afternoon in New York uh, to join us on the show.
3: Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and nice to meet you all. Thanks for the introductions. Pleasure, pleasure. Um, So, Adam, I want to talk
0: about... um, your services, what you offer. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and then we'll move into uh, asking you some of the questions that we have uh, for you uh, in regards to what you you do for, for the community.
3: Yeah, well, you gave me a great introduction. Um, I'm a sacred intimate desire and intimacy coach. And my work is really about deepening this journey into ourselves into our desires pleasures pains and how we can do that within some framework of integrity and that's going to be different for for all of us but i think it's important to to have some kind of map so that we are not um taking advantage of ourselves or others and so many of us don't ask for what we want because we're afraid of hurting or harming ourselves or those around us and you know I think learning how to create spaces, relational spaces, where we can move forward and backward with a lot more ease is is so much of what my work is about. I think there's a lot of constriction in terms of uh, how we think about relationships, how we move through relationships. And my desire is to make that easier for myself and make it easier for other people. And I think when we can do that, then we start to have Better sex, better relationships, better, better everything. So when,
0: when you talk about when you talk about the work that you do, you're not shying away from any subject that could be in a way hindering someone, um, someone's opportunity to to connect. excel and
3: connect in all of those different spheres. Yeah, I mean, they're all connected and they're all going to ripple out and affect one another. I, one of the things I do t- try to create in my spaces when, when we come together, whether that's in groups or one-on-one, is a space where you get to talk about and ask for anything. Now I'm, I may or may not be able to give it, but it's a space where you get to name it because a lot of people come in and they've been in various healing modalities or therapy and they, they've omitted huge chunks of their life. Mm-hmm. And never explored it because they felt like it wasn't appropriate or for whatever reason. We we all have these thoughts and beliefs and, and maybe it wasn't welcome to talk about. And so in these spaces, you, you yeah, you get to talk about all that. You get to bring your desires forward for all of those things.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, you're
3: sort of plugging me in a little bit. Um,
1: Basically, when I say that, what I mean is I had a partner in life for, for a, a significant amount of time when I was in Massachusetts mm-hmm. um, who had gone through a lot in his life and was kind of on a spiritual journey of sexual healing almost. Um, and I'm wondering how and or why you were drawn to do this type of work and help people in this type of
3: way. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, for me, I just found myself in a lot of pain. My relationships weren't working the way they wanted. I wasn't meeting the people I wanted to. I was enduring a lot. I wasn't having the sex that I wanted. Uh, I wanted something more, and I just i knew that there was something more. I knew that it could be better. I had no idea how to find it. And I just began seeking and asking questions and becoming curious about my own body. And I found teachers who began to teach me little by little. And then I found other teachers and other teachers. And that path has continued. I mean, it's never ending. and it's been so fulfilling to be on that path, both to discover myself and to also learn how to hold other people on that journey. It's, it's so special to me. But it all started from just my own misery, my own suffering, from realizing that I really wanted something more for myself and believing that I could get it. And through this process,
1: have you actually found a partner and or if not a partner, you may be Polly, I don't know. But have you found the path for yourself?
3: Yeah, you know, I have to say, like in the last few years, there have been these moments of such deep gratitude. Because as a, as I sort of look out at the web or community that I find myself in, uh, I'm so fulfilled and and happy with with the ways in which I have navigated that. And I I don't there's not a other there's no other point in my life where I could have said that, but. I feel like all the friends around me uh, are so beautiful in their ability to take care of themselves, to support me when I ask for it, to allow me to support them, and... I'm just so pleased with with the depth at which we can see each other and find each other in those spaces. And sometimes we find ourselves really close, and sometimes we find ourselves further apart. But there's no longer this doubt or this um, this fear that we're going to disappear or yeah. go away. We just continue this this navigation of of closeness, distance, and finding that intentional intimacy that that I think we so many of us desire
1: now when you
3: drill down to the core of the work that you do with
1: people um, I, I'm thinking of myself here obviously because he my, always does Yeah, my personal experiences yeah. right but <laughs> but but how do people approach you and how do you approach a initial conversation with somebody if they're looking to deepen their intimacy with their partner, and or in general?
3: Well, I don't know if this will answer your question, so stop me if it's not, but I'm, I try to put out as much information as possible on my website, on social media. That's AdamBNYC on all the socials and AdamB.com and to give people an opportunity to see who I am and if they want to step closer to me to me in this work. In terms of how that moves forward from there, you know, it's up to them. It's their choice. It's always their choice. I make the offer. I'm here to hold you, support you, be present for you. And if you want to accept that offer, set up this call. And in that call, we talk about where you want to be and the challenges that you're, you're noticing right now. And that call is just a a chance for us to do a vibe check to see how we feel with one another and then to figure out a path through that, whether that's together, whether that's later, whether that's now, whether that's with someone else. And I love those consultation calls because I think we have a distorted sense of, I think as a culture we have a distorted, distorted sense of, how intimacy can and should arrive in our lives. And I'm a firm believer that intimacy and connection have nothing to do with time, but if we can come together with some intentionality, with some agreements that we can find a a lot of closeness and connection and intimacy. And even in those 30 minute phone calls, that's what I try to create. And and I think we so often do, and it's so beautiful. I really, really love those initial client calls.
0: So, in your journey, right? You mentioned you mentioned the journey, right? Or um, people having an opportunity to to navigate is is the word that I was looking for. I'm a firm believer that um, you know we go through life meeting people that will do one of two things: either they will enhance your life for the better, or in some weird way, shape, or form, um, you know, hinder your ability to move forward and i guess for me what i'm what i would like to know and, and only if you'd like to share is was there a point in your life that um you encountered someone that didn't sort of kind of allowed you to move forward with them right like these are this is the one person or a group of people or uh, or an individual that you want to keep in your life because they bring something positive um what was the catalyst for you to that drove you to do this kind of work that you're doing, right? Because you're really touching a lot of different spectrums. I mean, you you could be talking about sexuality, you could be talking about spirituality, you could be talking about you know relationships with family, with relationships with friends, because there's a big difference, um, and also you know all of the, the 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 different flavors of of people that you encounter on an every every. Everyday basis. So, what was the catalyst that drove you to do this kind of work?
3: Yeah. Uh, and thanks for the the, the noticing of the lack of clarity around that because, um, I mean, what drove me to it was noticing that I was having a lot of challenges with my romantic relationships. And I think what I hear you, what comes up for me when I hear you talk about what you just said is that. I think one of the most important steps of this path this journey whatever you want to call it is learning how to discern when we're in relationships that just aren't working for us anymore and then having the skills the capacity to say no to those people and no could be a lot of things it could be i don't want to talk to you as much it could be i don't want to ever see you again and everything in between and our ability to navigate that is gonna be different for everyone, but it but it also requires that we have the skill to hold our grief because there's gonna be a lot of grief in that. And that's something mm. that almost always comes up for clients because as they begin this work, which is primarily in sex, in touch, we come together, we do experiments around touch, around what it means to have erotic desires and what it means to ask for those. It's so vulnerable. And if we can begin to access that vulnerability and if we can begin to have the skills to do these really, really hard things, what also begins to happen in my experience is that suddenly we have less patience for those relationships that, that don't allow us to show up as fully when we begin to taste The the joy that can be present just in asking for this deep desire, just in having it heard and held, perhaps asking for something that you've never asked for before, there's a lot less willingness to be in those relationships that can't hold that. And so we begin to recognize that, there, that those relationships perhaps just aren't serving us right now. It's not that they're necessarily good or bad, although that that could be there. But it's just that right now, I don't want to be as close to you. I want to be closer to someone who can hold all of me, who can see me, who can be present for me. And that's part of what I provide is like this opportunity to come in and see what it's like to be fully seen, what it's like to show up. I think very few of us have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't, at least. And so I so want to give that to people who are in groups or one-on-one work with me, this this momentary glimpse of what it's like to be seen and held in the ecstasy, the grief, the joy, the fear, the shame, all of it, because it's all valid and it's all okay. And so often we, we put judgments on it and we... we create rooms for it and hide it and try not to let it come out. And that's just such a hard way to live, I think.
0: So we live in a silo in a sense, right? The LGBTQ plus community like functions on its own wavelength. I like to believe um, I may yeah, be right. You definitely maybe may wrong. I do. <laughs> um, you know, and, and often, right? Like the work that you're doing is, is very deep. It, it's meant to connect you with a, an individual or a group of people on a whole different level. But we know that there is a challenge in our community right now, especially with men in our community. Men like myself, men like the the, the two individuals that sit with me on this table where there is an inability to to connect with people, right? There is a, a lot of um you know a preference for hookups a preference for a very um limited time of 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 engagement with someone on a much deeper level how much does that hinder your work given that you are a member of our community and predominantly most likely serving members of our community because let's face it men they don't want commitment and they want a wham bam thank you ma'am i'll see you and you know keep it moving and and how do you apply what you what you are offering to a community that is so hard to
1: well yeah no i hear what you're saying in a sense like the lgbtq community plus the gay community in general like a lot of people and i you know i identify more as pan is a pansexual no demisexual thank you so like i i need to have a like commit uh, like a um a connection with somebody before i actually commit to them sexually right but there is this pressure within the gay community to just be out there open and have sex and like get the, it done. the the concept of intimacy is not even a thing right. so like i completely get what you're saying yeah it, it's it... and so when people come to you and they're like I I'm looking for something deeper, but I just can't find it. Right. Where do where do you go? <laughs> I know it's you a got that is a loaded <laughs> question.
3: I know. Because it is tough. You, you, yeah, I mean you said so much and I, I would sort of push back against part of it and say, I think this is less about the LGBTQ community and just more about Uh, the culture of misogyny that we live in, in which men are so often not held accountable to anything beneath the surface. We're not acculturated to go beneath the surface into our emotions, into our energetic bodies. I was raised as a boy and uh, that just doesn't happen. And so working with women and femmes in the LGBTQ community is very different than working with mask and male identified folks in the LGBTq community and so I would tend to frame that as just this the really vicious effects of sexism in our overall culture where we just want to where it's easy to stay at the surface and we can if you if you have enough privilege in your body then you can stay at the surface your whole life and maybe never have a blip Or you can ignore it. You you definitely have blips. But if you have enough privilege, you can ignore all of those blips. But what I notice is that there does come a certain point where, well, if we're talking about men in the LGBT community, where there's just a realization of the fact that they're not getting what they want. And that can oftentimes a lot of folks don't come to me until they're close to bottom like they've tried everything and nothing's working. They're just not able to create that intimacy. But what I notice in, in my personal life is that I think most folks, you know, I, I, I am sexually involved with a lot of men in the LGBTQ community. And what I notice is that almost all of them are really craving that emotional connection and intimacy. Right. But we just don't know how to do it. Right. We're never taught how to do it. We're not held accountable when we can't do it. And so we just ignore it until we get to a point when we choose not to. Mm -hmm. But when I meet folks, they eat it up. They want it. They love it. And I don't think that it's not that they don't want it. I think that it's just that that we don't know how. And there's, there's nothing out there to teach us these things or to provide a model or a map for it. And I think that goes... Far, far deeper than the LGBTQ community because it's it's system wide, right. uh, yeah. and it affects it affects everyone.
1: You know, it's interesting to think about you know the heteronormative culture that we grew up in, right? And thinking about the fact that when we think or what we grew up with was we thought intimacy aligned with monogamy right and that's not necessarily the case and i wonder if you can speak to that a little bit i'm sure you face that with clients all the time
3: yeah i mean what do you want me to where do you want me to go wherever you want to go
1: i just i you know i heard you say that you know you're sexually active and intimate with with many partners, and then I know that a lot of people that I have in my life can't do that. And so, like, what does that look like? What does that mean? And what does intimacy actually mean versus, like, you don't have to be in a relationship to be intimate and connected to somebody?
3: Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, we can create these bonds of intimacy in a five-minute connection, a 10-minute connection, a 10-year connection, to me, it's all about the ways in which we can create relational spaces and containers with some intentionality and, uh, and shared agreements. And if we can do that, then it makes that intimacy a lot easier, I think. But we're not taught how to do that. We're not taught how to create relational spaces with intention, with shared agreements. We're not taught to speak about it, to be open about it. It requires vulnerability. It's not easy. But when you know talking about my, my lovers, my sexual partners, you know, my friends, my family, they're all part of this constellation. And each person in that is a different distance. Some of them I'm closer to. Some of them are a little further away. And that doesn't mean that I don't love them. We're connected by that love. And we may only see each other three times a year. But when we see each other those three times a year, we come back into our space. I require a certain amount of intention and presence behind that. And if and if my partners can't give that to me, then I just say I'm out. Let's meet another time when you can give that. Mm-hmm. Because right. when we can give that presence and intention, then the love can really flourish. The present, the the pleasure can flourish. So much can arise in those spaces, even if it's for shorter amounts of time. I get really stuck on the time piece because I think we base so much of our relationships or we, we place importance upon our relationships based on the amount of time that has elapsed with us together. But time doesn't create safety. Time doesn't create intimacy. Our intentions do. Our presence does. And if we don't know how to create the containers to allow that presence to be there, then it's not going to show up. The intimacy is not going to be there, even if we spent 10 years together.
0: Right. It's interesting that you mentioned time, because, I mean, when you think about, you know, all the traumas that we go through, you know, people say all the time, I hear it all the time, you know, time heals everything. No, it does not. So, you know, um, time um, is relative when, when it comes to to talking about how different things and different feelings, different experiences impact your life, even far after you thought you've got o- gotten over, right? Uh, the thing that you thought you've got over years, a decade ago. You know, I find myself, you know, having exited a relationship in 2006. And there are times that even in 2023, I still think about the impacts of that relationship, the impacts of, of, our connection or lack of uh, and how that impacts me today, how I make decisions today based on my experiences in the past, um, hmm. so that said, you know i I want to pivot a little bit and talk about um, obviously, you have a website, you have a service, someone who's looking to to learn uh, to navigate their emotions and to learn to navigate their ability to, to connect with others on a whole different level. What does that look like when they reach out to you? Like how do you, you know, engage those that, that, that choose you as someone to guide them or mentor them in, in this ex, experience that you're providing? Um, mm. and, and, and what happens throughout the, the, the course of, of, of this kind of engagement with, you, with, your, with your people?
3: Yeah. Thanks for asking. It's certainly different for everyone there. I don't have like a cookie cutter method, but the way that it usually shows up is that we come together in person and we go through an ongoing practice of asking for what you want and noticing what you're willing to give. And we take turns making requests. Some of those involve touch, some of them don't involve touch, but the reason I like to be in that practice of asking for what we want is because it allows us to continually notice how our desires are present, how they're showing up, how they're impacted by the power and privilege in the room, how they're impacted by horniness, how they're impacted by the person in front of me, the space, and how they're always changing. These desire you know, our desires are always shifting, our limits are always shifting and being in a practice to notice that I think can allow so much wisdom to emerge in our bodies and then we begin to notice what's happening in the outside of outside of that room in the rest of our lives. But it's basically the, this this breaking down of how we give, how we extend beyond our limits, how we endure, Noticing what it feels like to endure, remembering the relationships where we have been enduring. Because in the space with me, I don't want you to be in a place of enduring. In this space, you get to say no. And we spend a lot of time practicing saying no. And I spend a lot of time modeling no. And so you get to say no in this space. And you get to say yes. And you get to ask for what you want. And you get to ask for anything. Anything. Depending on how we're working together, some of them are outside and in, in the city where you, I love the, the, the really intensives in New York because the city can give you literally anything if you know how to ask for it and where to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And so the question then isn't, can I get it? It's, it's, well, part of it is, do I have the skills and capacity to get it? But can I actually receive it? Mm-hmm. So once a, a if a if a client asks me, can you caress my arm or will you touch my leg? And then we talk about the ways in which we could make that better. Like, how do you really want me to touch you? What, where do you want my body? Where do you want your body? Do you want me to use oil? What pressure do you want? What lighting do you want? There's all of these. Pieces that go into our desires that we don't often think about. And being in the practice of really noticing what you truly want, having the courage and bravery to ask for it, is so powerful. It's truly life changing, even if it's just touching an arm. And to be able to receive something that you might never have asked for your entire life can bring a light into our bodies that I think, uh, at least in my experience, few other things can. You know, I and so have, Go ahead.
1: I'm sorry, I'm just thinking,
3: I, you know, having <clears throat> these
1: experiences with these individuals that are, you know, finding themselves in situations or relationships that aren't either healthy or positive for them. Um, have you found yourself in a situation where you hear a story or you're working with a client and you're like, oh, no, this is bad. Like, we need to get you some help like what kind of resources can you offer someone that's potentially in an unhealthy or abusive uh, situation that they can't get themselves out of?
3: Yeah. If that's the case, usually those folks aren't the ones who come to me. They've got more pressing issues. To be honest, and so that doesn't happen a lot. There, I certainly have a, a lot of resources, friends, colleagues, connections who um, I can send people to, and I do that. I do that more in my social circles because that tends to come up more in my social circles, and and less with 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 clients and work. Uh, but you know, in this area, especially in New York, there are so many places that can provide help and really want to provide help and i do have access to to a lot of those so i'm always more than happy to to provide that the thing i more commonly see is people who are just really unhappy in their relationships and so when we come together and do this work and they begin to really ask for the things that they want to receive and practice saying no to the things that they don't want or that they're unwilling to give, then they begin to show up different in their marriages and relationships. And that can get pretty spicy. And it has gotten pretty spicy. And my goal in that, you know, I have I want them to do what what will bring them the most fulfillment. And I try to give them the tools to continue to notice what their limits are and what they want and how to develop the skills and capacity to to keep asking for that so that they're no longer in a place of enduring, which so many of us are.
0: That's amazing.
3: Well, I, I will tell you, Adam,
0: if this ever goes south for you, can you do me a favor and make sure that you – um. Narrate audiobooks because your voice is one of the most <laughs> soothing voices I've ever heard in my life. So I can understand why um, your ability to communicate with people um, in, in such an intimate way and and give them um, a sense, uh, in a sense, a blueprint on how they can you know advocate for themselves, get what they want. It, why it comes so easily to you. you? You do realize. Has anyone ever told you that your voice is very calm and soothing?
3: Yes, I see it when I do meditations, and everyone falls asleep. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well um, listen. Before um, we wrap up for today, I always want to make sure that I give our our guests an opportunity to. Um, sell themselves uh, jay do you have anything that you would like You've been to add awfully quiet. you guys Are, have I, had
2: plenty of questions for adam, have you
0: been soothed uh, into submission i follow adam
2: <laughs> on his uh on his uh web pages so I, I listen to a lot of his stuff uh i like a lot of the stuff he he speaks about and i've known adam for quite some time actually and uh um it's, it's uh um i like what he's doing It's 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 a change from what i know adam to be doing I know you my only one question actually which there you I, go yeah. go for it um, I know that that you traveled you lived overseas for a few years so this is this something you started while you were overseas or is this something you started when you moved back to the US we may have some connectivity some issues dis- difficulties yeah. of course we would
1: that's fine that face <laughs> can stay just like that
0: yes it can <laughs> Um, well hopefully we'll get him back yeah, let's, um, let's hope So um, w- w- what I'm trying to get at, at this point Hopefully we can get him back um, Adam if you can hear us You can also call our phone number 334-429-8255 uh, uh, Yep he fell off um, And we can Wrap up
2: we'll Wrap up <laughs>
0: um, So hopefully we'll get that We'll get that back Let's see let's see adam are you back i'm here oh he is there he is
2: we we lost you you for a moment there i don't Um, know know if you heard my whole question but i did okay (laughs) so is this something you started overseas or when you came back to the u.s
3: no i mean i i left america for eight years lived in asia and that was certainly part of my journey and i think it, it was there where i learned how to have fun and i learned how to be happy for the first time in my life And so coming back to America, um, this part is what it deepened once I got here. So and then I began going deeper and deeper into it further along that path and exploring more in that way.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So, Adam, before we close the show out for for this evening, I would like to give you an opportunity to pimp yourself. Tell us, um, you know, where people can reach out to you, where they can find you, all the social medias. Um, Just let us know how they can get ahead of, you know, get a hold of you.
3: Yeah, thank you. Um, Thank you again for having me, for inviting me on. I love talking about this. It's so important to me. If you're curious about more, if you want to learn more, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube at Adam BNYC. And you can always go to my website at adambee.com, sign up for the email list. And I'm always to put content out that is helpful, uh, that is about this work, that is about relationships, about sex, about desire, pleasure, pain, all of these things that we've brought up today. And I'm always excited to talk to folks. I also host groups in New York retreats as well. So that's all on the website and yeah, just please find me and I look forward to meeting you.
0: Oh, and I I forgot, I forgot you have a podcast.
3: Tell us what your podcast podcast. is and how they can find it. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) That is amazing. I was listening to one of the episodes
3: today. So Uh, it's
0: like, Oh my God. Yes. He has a podcast. Tell us. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's called the On Power Pleasure podcast. And so in the podcast, we talk about power, pleasure, desire, sex, intimacy, bodies, all of these things. Um, You can find that on my website at adamb.com or anywhere you get podcasts. Just search for On Power Pleasure with Adam B. And you can listen to it there. I have three episodes I'm editing, so we're going to get some more things up soon.
0: That's amazing. Well, I always say you have an open invitation to come and join us. Anytime you'd like Light. Preferably Light. In the studio Next time You can sit over here Right next to Jay um, And you know We'll be more than happy To have you back on And talk I think uh, You know The work that you're doing Is amazing uh, I think that there's benefit And that there is um, Value In being able To To um, Identify um, Those Areas in life And where you, you You know You you have to go And fight for what you want Right. And not necessarily I don't want to use fight because I think it's such a but you have to learn how to identify to 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 know what you want out of life yeah. and go for it. You know? Don't cut don't yes. sell yourself short.
3: Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. Speak your truth. Thank you all so much. Thank
2: You're
0: you. You're welcome, Adam. Adam. Thank you so yeah. much. Join us anytime. Uh you have yourself a wonderful evening and uh thank you once again.
1: I'll be on a train soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Adam. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Well, ladies and gents, that, of course, uh, was Adam B. And, uh, you know, as he mentioned before, you can go to uh, the website, AdamB.com, for more information on the services that he provides and all the good stuff uh, that is available as a result of, you know, what this man offers. I will tell you, I I was trying so hard not to.
2: Candy, eye candy huh? No, no, eye no. <laughs> I, I
0: candy galore I mean, He's a very beautiful man For me it was the voice, I was just like, oh my god Like I feel so zen right now Like I literally I wanted to start doing something like this Because I was, I felt like I was in the zone but I just didn't want to, you He's know.
2: awesome. He's an awesome guy. No, he is. I mean, I, he seems like, like a very, very
0: from, amazing yeah. guy.
1: He's, He's a, a sexual from, prophet.
0: So <laughs> For many, know, many
2: years. i like
0: Chris. Thank you so much for booking your first guest, Jay. I
1: know. I didn't book that one. <laughs> thank you. That was all Jay.
0: Um, wow. And um,
2: amazing at
0: that. Yeah, he was. was he i don't know can you tell us
2: he's an amazing person he's really cool
0: well thank you for letting us know i'll
2: see i
0: hr call hr (laughs) soon Um, all right well um i'm gonna toss it over to my people so we do have a couple of things that we have to sort of kind of go through as routine that we do on the show uh before we wrap it up so um i'm gonna toss it over to you trish you're first
1: all right Everybody, here's Mama Kim's Minute. Number one, California just became the first U.S. state to establish Transgender History Month. Yay! Yes! Number two, hundreds of people form Human Shield around library to block anti-LGBTQ plus protesters. Yes. Number three, Georgia judge reverses her decision to block gender-affirming care ban and lets it take effect.
0: Okay, I didn't understand that last she one. So she
1: she reversed her it. decision to ban it and let it go into effect.
0: So basically they're no longer gonna ban
1: gender affirming care. Okay.
0: Good for her. I wonder what what change of heart was. Anyway.
2: Never know. J Bird. And I guess on this day in gay history, brought to you by Gay Talk 2.0. No,
0: it's AdamBee.com today.
2: Well, By AdamBee.com. That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The date, of course, September 13th, 1931 in Germany. Uh, Lily Elb is Mm -hmm. possibly intersex and presents as male for much of her life before transitioning to female. She marries Gerda... Gerda, 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 Gerda Galib. Jesus, I don't. Mm, that's all right. In 1904, in Denmark, a marriage that the King of Denmark invalidates in 1930.
1: It's, it's actually probably Gerda. Gerda. Gerda.
2: Yeah. This is this is Chris? Yeah, this is Chris. <laughs> so she undergoes five surgeries to move to remove her male sex organs and transplant female sex organs. She dies. She dies of post surgical complications three months after her final surgery. her body rejects her new uterus
1: that's okay. right I did so, not read the end of that that was but but
0: exactly. I will give you some some backstory so um downer. what is uh the gentleman's name that plays uh newt Scamander? uh
1: who is
0: who is <laughs> mm-hmm. plays what Needs uh, Commander Fantastic in Beast. Fantastic Beast.
2: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I know who you're talking about.
0: Eddie Redmond. Uh, Is it Eddie Redmond?
1: Uh,
0: Please say I'm right. Please say I'm right. Please say I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I am Eddie Redmond. So, anyway, he actually did a movie called The Ch- Um, It was called.
1: Oh, that was that. That was this?
0: Elio. L- yep.
1: Oh, wow. That was it? I gotta watch that
0: yeah it's such a good movie such a good movie um you know obviously he came out afterwards and said you know really i i i should have never played such a character but he did it so well because you know there was that whole movement about yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, making sure that you know we allowed spaces for members of our community whether you were trans whether you were gay whether you were whatever um an opportunity because there's plenty of actors in the world that could have played that role and they chose a straight actor for all we know maybe he isn't straight right Uh, it's none of our business but he acted the shit out of that the movie was amazing and I just think that you know if you get a chance watch it but yeah Eddie Redman played her in Biopic and it was one of the first times that a German uh, surgeon actually got an opportunity to um show his props you know in doing some of these one of the first ever um recorded sexual reassignment surgeries in history so in
2: the 30s
0: in the the 30s imagine that such a good
2: movie
0: uh but anyway all right we're moving
2: on so we're moving on to our announcements and if you love the show make sure to subscribe rate and review on your favorite podcasting service By subscribing, you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your favorite device or web browser as soon as the episode is published.
0: She is killing
2: it. You can also support us on Patreon. With Patreon, you, our favorite listeners, can help us support the show with a pledged donation. The donations are collected monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. I need money. I want to go see Adam.
0: My job is done. (laughs) My job is done. I quit. (laughs) Anyway,
2: um, Trisha.
1: Actually, no. Jay. The thank you is Jaybird. Today. Yeah. So okay. thank
2: you, thank you, thank you to our guest Adam B, a sacred intimate desires and intimacy coach, helping you deepen relationships with your desires, body, and pleasure.
0: Holy shit, man!
2: Where did you come from today?
0: What did you take? These high noons are Dude. kicking. Me. Oh, Suki! <laughs> right. now, so 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 now we know. Now we know. Now we get excited,
1: everybody. Because oh. next week we mm. welcome back the one. The only Dr. Evan Goldstein for another installment of Tales, Tales from, from the, the
2: Tale. tale. That's well, right. Well, like I call it the G-spot. The
0: G-spot. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. We haven't had yeah. Dr. G in about uh, two months. And it's long overdue. Yes. It's now September. It's three months. Since May. Since May? Yes. May, June, July, August, September. Four months. Oh, my God.
1: It's been a while.
0: Oh, my God. When I see that man's face, I'm just going to ejaculate and be like, you caused this. You caused i love him though Uh, i
1: love i love
2: love talking with him
1: but speaking of dr g Wow. Thank you, Nick. All right, everybody. Get the Future Method and all other products today. All products are doctor-developed and cut. can clean out without hurting your bum. Take confidence anywhere with the anal powder packs and now increase your stretch goals with the three-piece anal glass dilation kit. V- visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum accessory today.
2: Just queen.
0: Jay
1: Bird.
2: And as always, time to put a ring on it.
1: A
0: relaxed ring on it. it. I feel like this episode was so so soothing. soothing.
2: (laughs) I love it. And as always, our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. I spoke too soon.
0: All
1: right. You can find (laughs) us on social media Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0. You can email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Tom. Give it a try.
0: Oh, God. All right. Well, here we go. (laughs) Ladies and gents, if you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. You can click on the Contact Us tab at the top of your web browser. There, you can leave comments. You can suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host. You can also call us and leave us any questions you may have on our voicemail. We'll answer those for you right on the show. And our phone number is... 334 gay talk and if you need all those digits it is 334 429 8255 5. don't forget that we do stream live for our Patreon supporters on YouTube so make sure that you go check us out on Patreon we're more than happy to have you I want to thank you all for joining us on tonight's show y'all have a good night bye, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more dish.